Welcome to the men's global live stream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold a spot in Acts 17. We also have another key passage in the book of Acts, which so is kind of keep a marker there. We are starting a new series and it's called The City. Now, if you're watching this, uh, you fall into probably one of three camps. You either live in a city, right? You know who you are, or you drive into uh, the city from where you live in a concentric circle away from the center, so you drive into it, or you live in a city's sort of regional footprint. Like people say, hey, where are you from? I say, well, I'm from Chibuco Canyon, California. It's an hour south of Los Angeles, and it just gives uh, people uh, a marker uh, that they're familiar with that lets us know that we're in that city's regional footprint. But cities, as you might guess, are hubs, right, for any region of the planet. Uh, there's logistics going on in a city, there's economics going on in a city, there's technology going on in cities, there's services that go on in cities that actually service the footprint. What happens in the city usually expands in concentric circles out, even to the larger regions uh, that it's connected to. Cities are dense, cities are usually more culturally diverse, cities are centers, okay? Concentrated centers of art, centers of power, centers of talent, centers of financial uh, resources. Uh, cities call forth the creative uh, entities, they draw out that, that, the energies of creation where you have uh, centers of architecture and art and science and higher education uh, even. Uh, cities put people together who are not like each other. That's what I meant when I said cities are culturally diverse. You know what that does? That challenges uh, your thinking and your views and your ability uh, to get along. Uh, another dynamic of cities is that it attracts both the strongest and the weakest. So uh, people who are seeking strength and power, they're drawn like magnets to the cities because there's things there for them. But also uh, cities are a refuge for the weak who can't live uh, in other places, right? So what I'm, what I'm building here is a case that that cities are critical. And if they're that critical, then we have to think as God's people, whether you live in a city that is a metro urban city or a town that's closely connected to a city or like a, a more rural spot, cities are very important. And can I just tell you something right now? Here at Everyman, we realize how critical cities are, listen, for evangelism, okay? of any particular region or area. And there is a commitment on the part of Everyman Ministries to transform cities through spirit-empowered men. Now, if you wanna get an idea of why cities are critical and how things spread, I mean, just go to the movie theater right now, watch the Jesus Revolution. Or if you're watching this and it's not available in your area, just go stream it, all right? Downla download it or, or stream it. You know, it happened in Southern California, but what started as a Southern California phenomenon uh, quickly, you know, spread. And, and God has 
a connection. And as we'll see and learn in this series called The City, you know, cities are God's idea. He knows everything that I just discussed. And there's a certain leverage and supernatural power and battle that is pregnant within cities that has an opportunity to create a blast them. In Jesus' revolution, for example, you know, that revival and outpouring of the Holy Spirit spread across the entire nation in the largest modern awakening in U.S. history. Go see uh, the movie, highly recommend. But even in the first century, so in the city of Jerusalem, spirit-empowered men are, are creating, transform, transforming revival in the city of Jerusalem by 300 A.D., 50% of all the urban centers in the Roman Empire were Christian. So you see how God has purposes and plans for the city that affect everybody. So whether you're rural or whether you live in the heart of a city, cities matter. And here at Everyman, we are making a 150% commitment to city transformation because you reach a city, you reach a region, okay? Now, why is this important to you, okay? Might be important to God, might be important to the vision and ministry of, of every man, but why is it important to you individually? Well, the Bible says, you know, that while man was created in and started in a garden, right? Genesis chapter one and two and three. Um, guess where we're gonna end up? Well, you might have guessed a city, the city of God, is the fulfillment of the purposes of God. And God's future and redeemed world is depicted in a city. Okay, so um, whatever your attachment is to the city, whether you just escape the city, whether you love the city, whether you live outside the city and never go into the city, Guess what's in every one of our futures, man of God? It's the city <laughs> in all its dynamics of God. So if that's the case, you know, you look at the scripture and you see God's man like Abraham in, in Hebrews 11, you know, and it says he was, he sought the city whose builder and maker is God. So the man of God seeks, listen, the city of God, the city of God is our hope. That's, that's our eternity, is the city of God. So there's a, there's a personal a connection to the city uh, for the man of God. Now, you may have never thought about that, or maybe you have thought about it, or maybe you're just going, oh, yeah. We're going to be living in close proximity uh, to one another, and we're going to have all the diversity and the density, but the difference is there's no sinful society. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because that's not the case right now, but that's where we're headed. So while we began in a garden, guess where we all end up? We end up in a city, right? So the city is God's idea. It's not man's. It's not a sociological phenomenon or a civilization building phenomenon. The city and the idea is, is birthed in the mind of God. It's his idea. And that means that if it's birthed in his mind, God has an intention, okay, for what his ideas are and what he wants to realize. And listen, guys, every single one of you is a part of it. His church is a part of it. 
and Jesus is leading the charge. So if you have the downloaded notes, I want you to take those out because the Bible declares that God has placed us in the village, the town, the city that we are in, in the city we find ourselves, next to the people he, we encounter in our city for a supernatural purpose. And that's really the overarching tale. Your place matters. So here's a question for you. What is your connection, kind of in your mind and in your heart, to your city or town? Now, these are just places. They're just reference points for most people, but to God, your particular place matters. Okay, when we read the Bible, Babylon, even though the Jews were in exile, mattered, okay? Daniel was there. Canaan mattered. Capernaum mattered. Cities mattered. Jesus did miracles in cities to get people to see a witness of God so that they could repent and believe, right? And so, in the Bible, placement of God's man is by design. You are in the city or town that you're in by design, right? So it doesn't matter whether your city is big or small, right? Your connection to it matters. Why? Because it's your city and you should care about it. About it. So in this series, we're gonna, uh, this is where we're going. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna challenge you to think about and act on God's word, listen, about your city. Hmm. Maybe you've never had a Bible study related to that. And then we're gonna, we're gonna challenge you to think about and act on your role in your city as a man of God and as a community of men of God, all right? And how your city needs a movement of spirit-empowered men taking risks, okay, and that's the challenging part, taking risks, right, to change it toward God's purposes, to shift, right, to shift things away from darkness and toward the kingdom of God in your city. So here's where we're going. In part one today, I'm going to lay the foundation that your place matters. I just want to, to, to kind of burn that into our spirits, all right, where I am matters, where I live matters, the city I'm a part of matters to God, and he has an intention for me in that city. Then in parts two through six, I'm gonna explore the specific ways spirit-empowered men and spirit-empowered communities of men are called in scripture to, to come together and to impact their city. So like I said, if you have the downloaded notes, Let's, let's start part one, all right? A foundation's gotta be laid by seeing the original creation of man, the placement of men, and the intention of God in the creation of man and the placement of men. So we start in Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27, says this, from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out, keywords, their appointed times in history, and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Okay, so what do we see? We see a lot of intention. We see a lot of specificity, right, from Adam 
Now he starts creating nations, places men in those nations, establish boundaries in lands, okay? Every place where you are has been mapped out. The world is mapped, okay? If you haven't figured that out, open Google, Google Maps on your phone. Uh, we have a 360 degree mapping of pretty much 99.9% of the earth, okay? But what I want you to see here is the specificity, okay? Now, let's move to 1 Corinthians 7.17, and then we'll make some observations on the Acts passage and the 1 Corinthians passage, all right? 1 Corinthians 7 says this, and don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status to find your life. Don't think I'm being harder on you than others. I give this same counsel in all the churches. What's so interesting is that things in the first century were not totally unlike things here in the 21st century, right? Where, you know, people are concerned about a lot of things that could replace God uh, in their lives, right? They're looking for some alternative life, some alternative place, some alternative set of relationships right? Instead of seeking God's purpose for where they are right now, living in God, obeying God, loving God, and believing in God right where we are, okay? We're so distracted and diverted by so many things. People were distracted and diverted then. People are distracted and diverted now. But what God wants you to hear very specifically is three simple truths, okay? Write these down. Number one, your time in history matters, okay? Your time matters. And I, parenthetically, let me just say, your appointed times in history, okay? Like it says there in the Acts passage, he said, he, he, from one man he made all the nations that they, the men, should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times. Wow, that's specific. So in God's mind, he didn't stick you in the 1700s, the 1800s, the 1900s. No, you're alive in this hour, on this day, in this time in history for a specific purpose, okay? Secondly, write this down. Your city matters, okay? Do you notice the language, boundaries of lands, okay? Your city is marked by boundaries, okay? And you know when you're crossing it. You cross bridges, you go into towns. You are now entering the city of boom, right? I mean, we, we enter in through boundaries that are marked out and those boundaries, were established by God, not by the Urban Planning Commission, right? Not by your, your state, local, or federal government, but by God. And within those boundaries is you, okay? So your city, the boundary place where you are, your city, your town, where you, where you are, uh, that matters to God. And it's by God's intention. Just please hear me, right? You're on planet Earth in the city He's placed you in on planet Earth by his design and by his intention. Third, your place in your city matters. The Bible says where you are right now is God's place for you. Okay. Now, I know that so many times, you know, you, you see these, these films or you, you see these stories or you read books about people who want to leave where they, they come from, right? They want to escape where they are to go somewhere else because that's an adventure. So that might be you, but if it's not, you are where you are now, okay? 
regardless of what your longing is or maybe your desire, but God has you where you are right now. And what I want you to, to see is what is declared now that we've established that, that your time in history matters, your city marked by boundaries matters to God, it's God's design, and your place where you are right now, right down to the block, okay? Right down to the coffee shop you visit, the donut shop you visit, the restaurants you go into, the mechanic you go to, all right? Your place in your city matters to God. Now, let's read Jeremiah 29, 7 and kind of just put a little headline over this. God says this, work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, the city that you live in, for its welfare of the city you live in, because that's welfare will determine your welfare. Wow. Okay. So, Speaking to those that, that God sent to Babylon, he's like, I don't care if you were sent, if I sent you there, if you like being there. Um, of course, you know, you could be somewhere else, but I sent you there. Um, some of us might be in exile, but really literally a Christian, this is not your home. We're all kind of pilgrims progressing through earth. This is not our permanent residence. Right? Our residence is in heaven for all eternity, but we're here now. So whether you are taken into captivity and brought somewhere where you don't want to be, that's passed through God before it got to you. So you're where you, where you are. Or if you just want to look in the supernatural eternal timeline, okay, this little pinprick on the eternal timeline called earth is the place where we are right now. And we might not be home, but this is where we are. Okay, now what does God tell us to do? It's a command. Work for shalom, work for peace in the city, right? And prosperity of the city. Okay, you know what that's called? An advance of God's kingdom, where you have peace and prosperity of God, people in right relationship with God, right in relationship with one another, justice, compassion, right? Unity. You're supposed to work for those things, right? You're put there by God to do that. And that's where God's placed us. Pray, pray for it. Pray for your city. Pray to the Lord for your city. Are you praying for the city that you live in, your neighborhood, your block? It's challenging, isn't it? It's challenging me. Just even saying the words, I'm like, am I doing that? Am I? That's challenging. But this is what God's calling us to do. Because guess what? Its welfare is your welfare. Your welfare can't exceed the prosperity and peace of your city. Just ask some of the cities that are under, ask people in the cities that are under siege, okay? Its welfare is their welfare, right? And they're not powerless, okay? Because we don't trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save. We don't trust in necessarily the political process to save us, but people to people in the spaces and places that we occupy transforming those spaces. We're going to learn more about that in the series called The City. Now, God says, and I want you to write this down, just as we've made those simple observations, look and see what God's intention is and the command that we're supposed to work for the peace and prosperity and the welfare of our city. God says, write this down, your city and community gets your focused energy. Your city and your community get your focused energy as a man of God and as a men's group and as a community of God's men in that city. There's a template for that. We're going to get into it that can transform an entire city 
And that's exciting. And that's what's happening. I mean, turn on the news, you know, click on a feed, search the word revival in the US right now. And you're a part of it. Okay. So with that reality, and that command, and these observations that it's by intention, time, city and place matter to God. God says, pray for your city, pray for its peace, its welfare, work for the peace and welfare of your city. Its prosperity is your prosperity. Listen to Matthew 5, 14 to 16. And then we get it all wrapped up into one thing. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Okay? In the first century, there were no lights. You couldn't flick on a switch. You had oil lamps that were put on a lampstand that was set in an optimal place to spread as much light as possible to as much space as possible. Okay, you catching my drift here? Jesus says, you're that light and you're on that lampstand in your optimal place in your city to spread the light of God and the kingdom of God and the message of the good news about Jesus from your optimal place, which is not my optimal place because you're where you are and I'm where I am and I'm in places and spaces that, that you're not. But that's your, that's your lampstand, okay? God has put you in your optimal place because he has this blast zone of light that wants to come, that's supposed to come from you in your space, in your place, in your city to shift that environment, displace the darkness, and bring light into that space. Isn't that exciting? I mean, that's, that's cool, man. And that's the overarching tale. That's the super humanity, super adventure, and super story that we're, we're all involved in. So whether your city is big or small, okay? I just want you to, to know one thing. If you don't take anything away from this session, take away this. Your place matters to God. He's putting you on your lampstand, the optimal spot, okay? Because there's not another man of light that can reach the space that only you walk in, the spaces and places that only you walk in, okay? So if my city and community is to get my focused energy, right, personally and in community with other brothers in Christ in, in my city, what, what is it that we uniquely have to offer in kind of a general sense? What's the ministry that I have and that my community of brothers uh, have together to, to give to the city in the places and spaces we occupy. And we have four specific ways, just generally speaking, before we get into the model that we're gonna see played out in the city of Jerusalem by spirit-empowered men, just in general, what can we bring? Blessing my city, what God's men bring that others can't. Number one, write this down, we can bring God's word, listen, that speaks to people, okay? And we see different models of this, but I love Ezra. 
Ezra was a man of God, and the man of God loves the word of God, and the man of God who loves the word of God speaks the word of God. Look at what it says in Ezra 7.10. It says, Ezra committed himself to studying the revelation of God, to living it, and to teaching Israel to live its truths and ways. Guys, if you have never read Ezra 7.10, you know what you should do? Write it down, but put your name in place of Ezra's. Write it down on a three by five card, whatever, sticky note, whatever and put your name in front of Ezra's. For example, Kenny has committed himself to studying the revelation of God, to living it, and to teaching in Tribuco Canyon and Orange County people to live its truths and ways. You see, I love how it identifies in the scripture a man, a discipline, integrity with that belief and discipline, and then the giving away of the truth that he discovers to others, to live its truths and ways. You know what we are suffering in a crisis of right now? Right where you live, right on the block where you are, in whatever community and environment you set, where it's a crisis of truth, okay? The crisis in culture that you see, that you see today is a crisis of truth. And here, let me lay it out for you. You have deceptive ideas, And those deceptive ideas enter into the insides of people where there's disorder and disordered desires. So you have deceptive deceptive ideas and you have disordered desires, what the Bible calls the flesh, okay? That is then normalized by a sinful society, okay? Think about that. Lies. Okay, and the liar, the devil, the flesh, okay, that part of us that has disordered desires, we take in these lies, they feed right into our disordered desires, and then it gets normalized over here in a sinful society. Okay, that's one wave that's going on in your city right now in your culture, in your town, in your community, in your metro urban area, okay? There's lies and the liar. There's people's flesh, okay? That part of themselves that wanna serve themselves, disordered desire, right? And then you have the normalization of believing those lies, taking in that, and then living it out over here. It's normalized, right? Guess what? That leads people to death, bondage, relational destruction, harm to their relationship with God, harm to their relationship with others, harm to their neighbor when that cycle is going on in your city. It's happening right now, but what do we need? We need a movement of truth, okay? And that's encouraged for God's man. You look at uh, Coach Paul, uh, kind of motivating, inspiring his, uh, his star player, Timothy, says this, Timothy, concentrate on doing your best for God. Work you won't be ashamed of laying out the truth plain and simple. Stay clear of pious talk that is only talk. Words are not mere words, you know. If they're not backed by a godly life, they accumulate as poison in the soul. Man, isn't that interesting? When we don't behave our beliefs, we lack integrity. When we lack integrity, people then convert what we want them to believe 
it turns into a toxicity, a poison. And we repel people and it makes them sick and they get confused, right? So if you're a God's man and you're living in a town, a community, or a city, the best thing that you can do is really focus on the revelation of God, like Ezra, to living it with integrity, spiritual integrity, giving it away because these words are life. Please hear me. If you are a man of God, man of God loves the word of God and shares the word of God because it is life. What I loved in, in Jesus, uh, you know, uh, Jesus Revolution is that, that as a community of people, they would say, this is the word of God, let's open it together. Wow, that's what we're doing right now. That's why I do the men's global live stream. This is the word of God, this is life. And we open it together and then we take in the life of the word of God so that we can leave this study and go into where we work, live, pray and play, bringing life. This, this book is life. And guess what, that's what we bring we speak, we bring God's word that speaks, okay? Keyword, speaks to people. People in distress, we can give direction, okay? Sometimes we don't need to quote chapter and verse. We just share the principle, okay? Or maybe, or maybe we do with another believer who's discouraged. Maybe we share a truth. Maybe we share a promise. Maybe we share a command. But we can bless our city by bringing God's word that speaks to people. Secondly, we can bring good works that lift people, write that down, okay? That's the second thing. Second way we can bless our city. We can bring good works that lifts people, okay? Look at what it says here, just generally speaking. Let's look at the charge, the command in God's word in Galatians 6. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap, listen to this, a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of God. So you've got dangerous good men filled with the Holy Spirit being dangerous with goodness. Now, there is a tension, there is a fatigue, there is a battle, and you have to discipline yourself to do it. But it's easier to discipline yourself to do it when you're doing it in community, okay? It's a battle. And can I just tell you something? Your city needs you to battle as an individual and your city needs you to battle as a community of men who love Jesus. So we bring the word of truth to defeat deception and lies with people in our city. We bring dangerously good works that bless people who are our neighbors and and, and, and who are suffering, but also we bless people in the family of God. Third, write this down, we can bring God's kingdom that influences places and people, okay? Now, what does that mean, right, to bring the kingdom of God? Well, it means that we can call down heaven's authority and we can call down heaven's agenda into the spaces and places and context where we find ourselves right now. Right now. What does that mean? It means you can shift. You have access. You have authority to call down heaven's power and agenda and to align it with spaces, places, and people where you are. 
if you're a man of God. And if you're aware of that, some of us are just not even aware that we can do that. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, I want us to read this. He says this, this then is how you should pray, okay? Our Father, where? In heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is teaching us that we can call down, we ask the Father to bring his person, his power, his agenda, his kingdom into the space where we are. Your kingdom come. That's what that means. King, his, the king, his rule, his realm, which is the kingdom of God, and the agenda in that rule and realm. We can call it into the space. Now, I don't know where you're listening to this right now. I don't know if you're at work, you're gonna be going to work, or you're in a group, or you're on a city block, you're in a metro urban city, maybe you're in a coffee house, maybe you're at Starbucks listening on your earbuds, maybe you're on a jog, wherever you are, I just want you to know right now, man of God, that you can call down the kingdom of God into whatever space that you're in because Jesus has delegated his authority to you to ask the Father to bring his kingdom down into that space and to have his will be done. That's what happens. What are we asking for? God, we want your will to be done in this space. What's his will? It's right here, right? That people would know him. Is that his will? Uh-huh, right? That people would be healed. Is that his will? Yes. That people would be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and blessed and relieved? Yes. Your kingdom come, your will be done in that space. You know, one of the best questions that you can ask a person is, what do you need? How's it going? What do you need? Can I pray for you? And if you're bold, pray for him right there. Okay, I'm gonna do it right now. Is that okay? Because I, I just wanna call down the kingdom of God into this space. Do you believe that Jesus is the answer? Well, then let's ask him to bring the kingdom of God into that problem, that issue, that health crisis, that situation at work, this conflict, this relationship. See, that's why you're here, fellas. That's why you're where you are. You're here to call down the kingdom of God. Listen to what Jesus said to his guys. He says this in Matthew 16. Let's read it together. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's that heaven-earth connection for the man of God. And then we see this concept of binding and loosing. Well, the man of God in any city, community, or town who has access to God, authority to call down the power of God and to shift that environment, what's he doing? Well, he's binding and he's loosing. He's binding darkness, binding uh, disease, binding, um, binding drugs, binding uh, sex trafficking, but, and loosing righteousness, justice, compassion. I mean, just call it out. Whatever the struggle is, bind the lie. There's a, there's an, there's a one we can pray always when you're with anybody and when you're in any space. Lord Jesus, in your name, I bind the lies that people are believing in this place and I loose the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of truth. 
right now in this space. And I pray for an advance of the truth and the defeat of the lie, right? Remember, there's deceptive ideas, right? That fall into the disordered desires of the human heart that gets normalized in a society and culture that is sinful, okay? You step into that space and you just say, in the name of Jesus, I bind lies that people are believing and that people are behaving out of and I loose the spirit of truth. I loose the truth of God in this space. There's a great start. You can do that. Whatever the issue is, whatever the malady is, whatever the problem is, whatever the evil is, bind it in the name of Jesus and loose king, kingdom, spirit of God, truth, blessing, relief, healing, freedom, whatever the situation requires. Bind the dark, loose the kingdom, right? You have access. So we can bring a word of truth that speaks to people and defeats the lie. We can bring dangerously good works that bless versus injustices that curse. We can bring the kingdom of God into the spaces and places. Fourth, we can bring God's community. Wow, that blesses people, okay? And this is the model of individuals who clump together, whether it's a men's group, a women's group, uh, a church group, all right? Wherever believers are, wherever they're clumped together, I want you to listen to this. Acts chapter two, they worship together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What can you bring to your city? You can bring God's community because that community is full of joy, pregnant with generosity, right? Full of the presence of God, the goodwill of the people start to flow where the kingdom of God is being experienced, okay? And guess what? Here's the added bonus. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship. I mean, the community of God is attractive when it's, when it's healthy, right? What does it look like? It looks like the generosity of God's people, the unity of God's people. It looks like relational integrity and purity between men and women versus injustice and abuse right? You get to see purity. You get to see integrity between people, love, forgiveness, unity, joy, generosity, okay? Why? Because that's the Lord in your midst, okay? And that's him in you being those things, working toward those things. Now, think about it in cities, okay? Instead of generosity, you have scarcity and selfishness, right? Instead of unity, you have division in cities, right? Instead of men and women being kind and strong and partnering with one another, and there's a vision and value for men and women, relationally, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, human beings, okay, who are men and women. Uh, instead of integrity and purity and respect and dignity there, what do we see? Gender war, destruction, labeling, and division, right? Again, there's a kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light. There's the city of Baal and the city of God. There's Satan and there's Christ. And guess what? Both are vying for control of your city. 
So here we are as a man, as a, a men's group, as a community of men in a church, as the men of God in a city, okay? What do we have to bring? We can bring the word of truth that speaks to people and defeats deception and lies that's, that's informing their disordered desires and it's getting normalized out there in a sinful society. We can bring dangerously good works that bless. We can bring the kingdom of God now right into the spaces and places that we occupy. We can bring God's community, which when it is spirit-filled and led and directed is the most beautiful, attractive thing because it's from heaven. And that's what people are seeking and searching for. They're seeking God, they're seeking eternity, but you know what? The ripoff artist is at work selling them lies that feed into their fleshly desires that's, that are disordered, and then it just starts getting normalized. Wow. In the family, in the community, on the block, in the city, right? So there's a battle going on. Now, what happens when God's men explode in these ways? Uh, the Bible says the city will take notice. And that is my prayer for you, man of God, and men of God. I want you to see an example of that in Acts chapter 4 because it's going to be the roadmap for where we go next, right? Spirit-empowered men exploding in the city taking notice. Look what it says in Acts 4. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were, what? Astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded to them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? For a notable sign has been performed through them, is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. Are you, are you smelling what, what they're stepping in right there? They're like, these guys who've been with Jesus, they're changing the city. Okay, how? They're bringing the word of God. They're bringing good works of God. They're bringing the kingdom of God. They're bringing a community of people that's blessing people and it is taking over. Now, is there opposition? 100%. Can they stop it? No way. You cannot stop an outpouring of the Spirit of God through people of God, and it's changing the world around them, okay? This is revival, men. This is what's happening right here. And what I, what I love it is that they saw just uncommon boldness. I love it when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. These are like these are not your, your normally bold people, but filled with the Spirit, boldness enters, right? They know who they are in Christ. They know what to do, right? And that identity is in community with one another. So now they're double dog strong. They're normal guys, right? They're not PhDs, right? They're not Wall Street bankers or wealth managers or fund managers, right? They're just normal guys and they're in spaces and places. And in this case, they just, they were walking from a prayer meeting to church and on the way they saw a guy 
and they prayed for him. And God moved and they brought the kingdom of God into that space and the man was healed. And people who had known that guy, they're like, what happened to you? And he said, those guys, they prayed over me in the name of Jesus. And then the word began to spread. It was a notable miracle. And everyone, listen, in the city of Jerusalem was hearing about it. Now, scale doesn't matter. You could live in a metro urban area. You could live just outside a big city. You could live in a town 10 miles outside the city. You could live in the region. Your place matters where you live. Okay, now, are cities important to God? Yes, they're his idea. But cities are connected to towns and villages and regions. We're all in one of those, okay? Now, going forward, we need to look at God's mind toward your city or town, what his intention is, what we can bring, and then look at the roadmap and it's like, wow, these guys were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What did they do filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, they did five things, and I'm going to cover these quickly because this is parts two through six, okay? What are these guys going to do? What are we called to do based on the example in God's word, right? These spirit-empowered men, followers of Jesus, they will, number one, they will release captives in their city, okay? People who are trapped by deceptive ideas, disordered desires that are normalized in a sinful society. They're going to release those people from the bondage of the lie, believing the lies, and behaving out of the lie. Number two, they will release, relieve people's pain in their city. Okay, you want to be relevant, church? You want to be relevant, men's group? You want to be relevant, man of God? Make the pain go down in your city because any agency or agent that makes pain go down and suffering go down, that, my friends, is unequivocal good. These guys in the book of Acts chapter 4 were stuck because they had nothing to say in opposition. When men are dangerous with goodness, there is nothing to say because it's unequivocal good, right? When a man or a group of men or a community of men in the church or the men of the city go out and serve in the spaces and places where there is suffering and they relieve that suffering, who in their right mind says, shouldn't do that? No one, there's nothing to say. You want a witness of God in your city? Release captives trapped by the lie. Relieve people's pain. Number three, they will reduce people's loads. You know, people, nine out of ten people that you see today that you will bump into, um, the sociologists tell us that they have a problem in their life that they would love to resolve that's causing them a little bit of anxiety or depression or worry. Think about that. It's not that there, um, there isn't fertile soil, okay, for you to have an impact in your city, all right? We all have a load. We all have a burden. Think about the burden you're under right now, man. Wouldn't it be cool if somebody just said, hey, how you doing, man? What's, what's weighing you down? Let me know. Oh, man, I, you know what? Let me help you lift that. No. <laughs> 100%. Yes. That would be awesome if you could get under the rock with me and push this load off. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest 
Chris says, for my burden is easy and my load is light. Do people feel lighter when they, after they leave your presence? Guys, I'm telling you, one of the greatest revival questions that you can ask is what do you need and then step in to fill the need, find somebody to fill the need, make someone's load lighter. So, men of God in a city, they did it in the city of Jerusalem. This is our template. We're going to release captives trapped by the lie. We're going to relieve people's pain. We're going to become relevant. We're going to reduce people's loads. That makes people lighter. Number four, we're going to raise people's spirits in the city. Okay? Now, in today's culture of comparison through social media, politicism, politics, identity politics, labeling on both sides, racial division, gender war, the war on the family, the war on masculinity, okay? Traditional masculinity under attack, okay? In the middle of all that, people are discouraged. People are withdrawing. People are getting depressed. Epidemic suicide, epidemic anxiety and depression and suicide in our youth, epidemic suicide in men's lives. Eight out of 10 suicides, one every 11 minutes, a man is taking his life. While we've done this four minute, while we've done this little Bible study, four to five men have taken their own life right now. Why is that? Because people are discouraged and people are depressed. People are anxious and they're sad and they're mad and they go between sad and mad and they're, 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 when they get low, they get really low. And guess who's there to lie to them? The liar and the murderer. And he lies into their negative emotions and he makes them believe that, yeah, you should end it right here. Okay, that's, if you're there and you're listening, if you're, man, you know what? That might even be, I believe there's somebody on the other side of that lens I'm staring into right now, that's you. And I'm telling you right now, it is not fatal and it is not final. And I reject that lie that's attacking you in Jesus' name. And I raise a shield of faith around your mind. And I bind the lie of suicide and I loose the spirit of life and salvation and transformation in Christ Jesus. For you, receive it right now. In Jesus' name, God's community, please say amen. Amen. But you know, it's epidemic, fellas, right? So, What's the model of spirit-empowered men in their city? They release captives, relieve people's pain, reduce people's lows, raise people's spirits. Lastly, they will reach people's souls in their city. You see, when you do those other things, right, you know what that, that gains for the message of the gospel and for Jesus? Credibility, integrity, dignity. They're just like, man, if that's your Jesus and your Jesus does this, I want some of your Jesus. Tell me how I can get in on that because it so helped me, so transformed me. So wherever spirit-empowered men, spirit-empowered men's groups, spirit-empowered communities of men and churches, spirit-empowered men in a city, when they take ownership, right, because they know their time, place, and city matters, revival happens. That's what Jesus men did in their city, right? And what they model for us is meant for us and the time my brothers, is now. That's a commitment we're making at every man to transform cities. We want to come to your city and region. We want to collect every single one of you. We want you to invite all of your friends. We want to get together. We want to call down the kingdom of God in a city, 
right? Through worship, we want to preach the good news of Jesus to the men of your region and your, your city, and we want to set you loose in these ways in the city to bring a wildfire of revival. Now, there are some of you that are listening, you want to be a part of that, just email me. Go to the website, everymanministries.com. Contact us. We need your help. We need your muscle. We need financial resources to do that, but we want to do 20 cities through 2023 and 24. And there are some of you right now that are being called. You say, I don't know what I can do, but I want to do something. Please email me right? Contact us, send an email, just say, I want that. I want the Dangerous Good City Transformation Initiative in my city. I will be a point guy. I will give. I will serve, okay? And we're going to bless the city. We're not going to charge for it. That means millions, men. That's, that's what it means. It means millions of dollars. But you know what? We're committed to it. Why? Because God wants to transform the city, the towns, the regions, he wants to glorify himself, and now's the time. So would you pray with me and ask God to do that in you and in the cities in our nation? Father, we thank you that the city is your idea. I thank you that every man is from somewhere, or maybe he's transplanted somewhere now, but your intention for him is the same. He can bless his city by, Lord, knowing your word and giving your word to people. And it defeats that liar that is putting people in bondage. Lord, he can bring good works. He can do good himself and in communities of men. Lord, we pray for that. Raise up dangerous, good communities of men, men who are doing good because it leaves people with nothing to say except that is God. We can bring the kingdom of God. Call it down as you commanded us to do. You've given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven to call it down and align spaces and places with your king, with our king, your kingdom, your rule, and your will. We can call your will into being, Lord, through your power. God, we can bring community, Lord, just that people could see a community that is generous and unified, that has dignity between men and women relationally and integrity there, and that will defeat that scarcity, selfish mentality. It will defeat division. It'll defeat gender war and the destruction of relationships in the family. God, I'm excited for this series. And I pray that it would spread like wildfire to men in cities across our country and the world. And we ask for that in Jesus' name. And God's men said, amen. Make sure you invite a friend and we'll see you for part two of The City.